You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE Securities Exchange has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for the opening. And this morning I'm speaking to Nick Kunzer from Sandown Private Wealth. We have to reflect upon what happened yesterday. I know it was a once-off event. It'll be one of those things that's written about in textbooks, uh, trading books, and are spoken about with a good deal of jocularity at, <laughs> at, 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 at conventions and things like that. Do you know where, where were you when oil traded at $40 exactly. per barrel below zero? <laughs> What was that all about? We know what it was about, but you, you can explain it because you're more intelligent than <coughs> yeah. I am. What happened? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But, um, Lindsay, I don't know. I disagree with you slightly on, on one point you made on that intro. Like, yes. is this a one-off? I don't know. Uh, let's wait and see until the June contract expires. We could very much be in a very similar situation. Anyway, let's reflect on what happened yesterday. The, 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 you know, we're really living in this uh, history-making, uh, the days of COVID-19 world with negative yields and negative rates and all the other strange uh, anomalies of this upside of the world. Well, yesterday, traders and investors had to deal with negative, negative prices of West Texas intermediary front month May contract, which is a bit of a mouthful. Mm. But effectively, what, it actually, what happened yesterday is the price of the front month contract for oil went negative. Um, it's a little bit of a sensationalist headlines because, as you said, it's, there's a bit more moving parts to it. It's not as if you can drive to your local BP or Shell garage and they will pay you to fill your tank up this morning. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not so much luck, unfortunately. Uh, what it just means is that before the front month contract expires, nobody, nobody on the planet wanted to receive their delivery of oil. They'd rather either roll it, i.e. to the next contract, or just not take it. And the problem is there was nowhere to store it anyway. We know what's happening in West Texas, uh, intermediary contract. That is a landlocked contract. Um, and the refineries in Cushing and Oklahoma are almost full. So rather than take delivery of it, uh, yesterday traders were prepared to pay people to take it off their hands. So it was, I mean, it was quite an extraordinary once-off event, or hopefully a once-off event. Um, and there's a lot more we can discuss about it, but in a nutshell, it was history in the making. And and and, and rather than uh, have oil right now, because they think things are going to get better in the future, people prepare to pay more for the future, the oil price went negative. So yes, it's... Uh, where were you that day oil went negative? Yeah, I got a call from a chef in London, and he said, um, in his Cockney accent, Linz, have you seen the oil price? I said, well, I've... And just coincidentally, I've been trying to contact him about half an hour earlier. And as we spoke, it was just above $40 uh, negative. So people have to deliver their contracts. If they, if they don't close mm. their contracts out, they would be forced to deliver their contracts into uh, Cushing in Oklahoma, which is this a huge storage facility in the, the center of the old, old school U.S. oil industry. If you're, if you're a buyer and you couldn't get out of your futures contract, then what would that mean? You would have to take delivery of it. So it's all over the place, and that's why people just panicked. Of course, it's bounced back a little bit. Today. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, just to reiterate on that. So, what typically happens, a lot of these derivative contracts are speculative. So, a large portion of the commodity prices of all the world, and, and you would know it from your background, people don't necessarily ever take delivery of these. these no, they, they don't. just roll it. They roll yeah. it to the next month, and they roll it, and they roll it, and they roll it. And quite frankly, you do not want to take delivery uh, of an oil barrel because one contract is equal to a thousand barrels of West Texas, which is about worked out about 150,000 liters of oil. So you really don't want to take delivery of your oil. Not really. So they'd have to ro- they'd have to roll it. So the back month contract, which I guess is 
is the more accurate uh, sort of description of where things are. So, so June currently right now, let's not panic too much, is trading at twenty dollars thirty five. Right. That is the new contract after after tonight. I mean, there's very little open interest left. So after tonight, that is the contract. You'll be trading around about twenty bucks a barrel. Uh, and and Brent uh, crude futures are trading. They're down two bucks today, but they're still trading around about twenty three dollars fifty. So if you didn't want to take delivery yesterday and you wait until the last minute, like you saw it, just capitulate to a negative forty odd dollars, you'd have to roll that into the next contracts. So you'd have to basically sell it at forty dollars negative. And you'd have to well, pay someone to take it off, and you have to buy into the next contract twenty. So there's a, you're effectively paying the equivalent of sixty dollars a barrel to move it to the next contract when it's trading at twenty. So there, that kind of puts the maths behind it. So that's why it was such an extreme move. And I get there a lot of people got burned yesterday. I'm sure a lot of people who didn't exit before uh, before yesterday got absolutely smoked trying to run and roll their future. Pay three times more to roll it to the next contract. Yeah, and you say that the same thing might happen with the June contract, but I think once bitten twice, twice, mm. twice shy, you've got four weeks to get out of your contracts yeah. now rather than leave it to the last two, yeah. three days, which is does, a lot of people have done. 100%. But, Lindsay, it, it, it talks to me in a bigger sort of way in that that it shows you how big the problem is. Firstly, how much oversupply there is in the world. Uh, forget the, the one-off events yesterday, but there is a massive oversupply of oil, and that massive oversupply is because no one is using it. The world is literally stagnating and going nowhere. Yes. And to me, that's, that's the biggest story, not the, not the fact that of a, course it a, is. a and speculative it's a, contract went negative. Exactly. Yeah. This was just a once-off. It was a nice little anomaly that uh, gave us yeah. some great headlines, headlines and gave us some clickbait exactly. for Twitter and everything else. But mm, if, you, if mm. you could fly out of Amsterdam's airport and fly to the United Kingdom, for example, a 45-minute hop um, to, to the city airport in London, you would see – Tanker after tanker after tanker sitting outside the port of Rotterdam <laughs> waiting to get in or not waiting to get in, just waiting to do something, but just full Lindsay, of oil. But you've been quite vocal on this, and I must uh, commend you on it. Is this not also maybe a, a bigger story in the demise of this, of this commodity? People are going to be using less and less of this now. I believe so. I believe. You know, I've always um, believed it. Never mind the, 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 this this virus and this economic meltdown, which has um, precipitated the demise of oil. Uh, I do believe in the long term this will be something that will be quite cute. Some some people like uh, the sort of future Jeremy Clarkson's will have cars mm. that are aspirated, normally aspirated with mm. with, with petrol, mm. and there will be certain airlines that don't have uh, electricity powering their aeroplanes, but this is just going to be something that your great great grandchildren in the yeah. in the future will say. What is oil again, Grandpa Nick? Yeah, I think this is, and this is for me. This was the biggest story that this might, you know, eventually realizing that that an, a, a commodity or an asset like like oil, you know, will eventually be, you know, deemed as the same way as we look at at, at cigarette smokers or the like. You know, it's one of those old products that. Uh, that people use. So mm. I think that's the biggest story here. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, that's, that's reflecting where we are right now. And, and, and let's talk about the markets now because that slowdown is certainly reflected today in the markets. Yes, let's have a look at the S&P. The S&P last night in the last half an hour and the Dow Jones in the last half an hour also uh, had a little bit of pressure put on it. I think the Dow Jones had its worst day since April the 1st. I mean, that's how sick we are. We have to look back uh, 20 days, uh, like we're looking back five years or something. But April the 1st, the Dow Jones had a bad day. Yesterday it had a bad day and it was down 2.5%. There was a nervousness, 
about this oil situation mm. and about other things. Maybe they used oil as an excuse to sell. But today, of course, the future's not doing so well either, Nick. No, second day. So, as you said, uh, industrial, the Dow down 2.5 last night, S&P down 1.7 night, NASDAQ fared a little bit better, but still down a percent. Um, this morning, S&P futures currently down 18. Uh, they were looking fairly flat, almost unchanged at one point, but as Europe opened up, it just couldn't hold on. And you do get the feeling that, that in general, risky assets are starting to roll over. The longer this drags on, the longer the economies stay shut around the world, risk assets are getting knocked. You can see it in Iran this morning, which you can touch in, in, in a minute. I will do. Um, and, and asset classes in general just rolling over. We've had a few earnings out last night. We, I think tonight we've got Netflix. That could be quite interesting mm. to see how they fare, given all of us are sort of streaming to our, to the, <laughs> up to our eyeballs and the stuff. So it'll be interesting. Uh, IBM also you know, came a little bit light in revenue. So earnings are still coming out, uh, maybe not reflecting the full shutdown. A lot of these earnings are just the first quarter. Obviously, shutdown was from all intents and purposes from a month or two ago, not reflecting that January, February. So I I think as things progress, the, the market's going to be grinding lines. Yeah, I think we're uh, trying to pick a bottom here is way too early for me. Yeah, we've been looking f- looking for reasons why there might be a double bottom or a retest of the lows. And mm. uh, the two things that I put forward were economic data, which we're starting to get now uh, with the weekly jobless claims coming out in two days' time, and also with things like the Japanese export data yesterday minus uh, 11.7%. We've also had Japanese... Uh, GDP uh, negative growth. So that was the first one. The second one was the opening up of economies a little bit too quickly, like states like uh, Georgia, for example. There's a guy called uh, Kemp, the governor of Georgia, who's opening up tattoo parlors, (laughs) um, hairdressers, (laughs) and nail bars. I mean, it tells you a little bit about what's happening in Georgia at the moment Mm. and what their priorities are. But I understand it's a psychological (laughs) step towards making the people of Georgia, the fine people of Georgia, the great state of Georgia, making it feel a little bit more normal. So I do understand it. But when I see a state opening tattoo parlors, that tells you something about uh, what's going on down there. Love to go there one day. Mm. Anyway, the dollar rand is nineteen oh one. The British pound against the rand is twenty three fifty nine. The euro rand is, oh god, twenty sixty. The euro dollar is one oh eight thirty. So that euro getting weaker, that dollar getting stronger. <coughs> Let's have a look now at the gold price. The gold price is unchanged at $16.96 an ounce. The platinum price is uh, $7.70, which is down $4 an ounce. Where's palladium, please? Down $18.82%, per ounce palladium. Dow Jones last night down nearly 2.5%, S&P down 1.8%, NASDAQ down 1%, uh, buoyed a little bit by companies like Netflix, which I think has gone... Where is it now in the pecking order of market capitalization in the United States? Do you know? I did see an article on it, but yeah, uh, the numbers escaped me. It's about 180 billion. So I mean, it's it's chunky. It's chunky from a world perspective, Not but uh, far from a, far from the trillion dollars of of, of other other things. Um, it's small far compared to the likes of Apple, but obviously a very different space, but still fairly reasonable. And in fact, I think on Thursday touched an all time high uh, on that particular stock. Uh, S&P futures at the moment down two-thirds of a percent. A similar situation prevailing for the Dow Jones futures as well. What's happening in South Africa? I've got uh, an operational update for nine months from BHP. I mean, we forget about these companies. BHP, Billiton, mm. and the share price getting whacked by about 4%. And Quilter also came out with something. What have you seen on the Stock Exchange News Service, please, Nick? Uh, I picked up something on Exara. There's a little bit of mudslinging happening, and it's quite interesting to watch the space because – 
Uh, Escom turning around to Exaro for mm-hmm. of all intents and purposes, sort of like the big daddy t- turning around to the smaller guy and saying, "I'm not paying you because of uh, force majeure," as we know the expression. Um, which is I find quite interesting. I mean, Zara coming out and saying um, they don't understand the same as the example that you've been so vocal about with uh, the likes of Diskim and, and the retailers saying they're not paying their, their landlords. Well, yeah, TFG saying, was well, the first one actually. Uh, yeah, let's not exactly. put Diskim in. Let, let's, let's, let's nail TFG. Sorry, let me not sort of push one company, but say yes. the, the retailers as, in, a, in, a, in a collective. Uh, using this example, this this legal term, not to pay landlords, when some of them are quite clearly open and still trading. Exactly example that Zara used today, saying they do not understand how you can come out now of the view that this event having a force majeure, he said the last time they checked, quite tongue-in-cheek, the power stations are still open. They're mm. still supplying power. So how can you turn around and not pay us? And I quite, quite frankly, I think sympathy with Xara in this particular case. Um, but I found the whole thing quite, quite a fun little bit of distraction today because uh, um, a, f- a month or so ago, Mr. Ramaphosa coming out and saying, uh, also diving into this with these landlords and saying that this is just ridiculous that people are using this uh, coronavirus excuse not to pay. And here is ESCOM coming out uh, that is effectively owned by the government and saying the same. So yes, a, little, a little bit of fun distraction, but not – and I say fun in light words because it actually is quite serious. I mean, for them to come out now when they're still buying, you know, supplying power and, and selling their product, I think is, is, is really not fair. Exara receives force measure notification from ESCOM that came out at 9.09 this morning. What, what came out at 9.40 this morning? Supergroup says the following, notification of an event-driven change to the company's credit ratings. In other words, they've been downgraded, I would have thought, because the share price down mm. nearly 6%. Um, what else have we got? As I said earlier on today, the first one that came out was uh, operational review for the nine months ended 31st of March from BHP Billiton. Share price down 4.5%. And there was one other as well, Quilter. Uh, their trading update came out, the share price down 3.2%. It could have been the best trading update in the world. It will still be down because the mood is down today, mm. Nick. I think. Yeah, no, and just without being too too sort of sort of bearish, I get the feeling this is you talk about a second wave of, of, of coronavirus infections coming through, which is a big concern. I wonder if we're not getting a second wave of selling coming through. Mm. Um, you know, the market, you know, really quite significantly off its lows. I mean, the S&P, well, 20% and north off its lows. Yes. Um, I wonder if, if this is maybe not a second wave and we're looking for this pullback before we, we get that sort of V-shape recovery. So I'm, I'm, I'm on that camp for, for the time being. I, th- I think we might get a, a little bit of selling coming to risk. Yes, I think we've run a little bit ahead of ourselves. And, and the, as, you, as you rightly pointed out, the hard data that are coming up is – is miles away from where these equity prices are. And uh, we wait with bated breath for things like the, the weekly uh, jobless numbers on Thursday to give us a better illustration. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the movers to the upside and the downside on the JSE today. I've got Anglo Gold Ashanti up nearly 4%, uh, Sirius up 3.2%, Goldfields a 3.1% winner, Harmony up 2.9%, Sabania Stillwater up 1.5%. So we've got the, the RAND weakness boosting mm. the gold shares almost as a – I mean, if I had to – 
if you had to say to me, Lindsay, you're forced to have a punt with me today. Your account is full, and we need to we need you to lose some money. So I would say, I'm just going to buy I'm just going to buy gold futures or a gold ETF or something like that just for a couple of days because I think the gold shares are telling us that there is a next leg up in gold coming in the next few days. And given what the rest of the asset classes are doing, I think this is a good one. But that's just me. On the downside, Sassel down 20% to 44.50 after the obvious influences. The RAND, of course, being ignored by Sassel traders. Telcom down 9.3%, Altron down 8.2%, Redefine down 6.25%, Truworths down 5.5%. Some big names in that bottom five, Nick. Big names, all to do with uh, all to do with the RAND, weaker RAND, uh, bond yields starting to, after being behaving so well the last week or two, those bond yields starting to sort of trickle out at the moment. Um, yeah, retailers, interest rate sensitive stocks this week around. The week the around this morning, eighteen eighty when I walked in, um, and sort of within the last hour, all of a sudden, as risk assets rolled over the rand, as we know, as a proxy for risk, just blowing out almost well, well over a percent now, one point one percent to nineteen oh four, and those bond yields now six uh, six and a half pips weaker. One still still not bad, ten point three six, but. Definitely a little bit of risk coming coming off this market, and uh, yeah, I wonder it's it's been threatening this nineteen rand to the dollar level for a while, but uh, it's finally capitulated. And uh, I think next stop, quite frankly, I hate to disappoint people out there, but next stop is probably twenty on this on this uh, asset. Okay, and on that note, actually, it's just something's come into my uh, very active mind this morning. Force majeure, Eskom and Exaro in a force majeure. A spat at the moment. We've had Anglo-American Platinum declaring force majeure because of uh, inability to supply uh, certain uh, customers or produce certain uh, commodities. There's been a couple of force majeure announcements recently. I'm just wondering if there's any hotshot lawyer out there that might be able to say, maybe I can get together a group of people who have um, a group of people in, in personally distressed circumstances that can, de- can declare personal force majeures, uh, forces majeure. To, towards oh. their banks or towards their landlords or something, because mm. a force majeure, it's the French, in uh, it's the a French phrase, vis major in Latin, meaning superior force, also known as cas fortuit or casus fortuitus Latin, uh, which means a change of occurrence or unavoidable accident. It's a, it's a common clause in contracts that essentially frees both parties from liability or obligation when an extraordinary event or circumstance beyond the control of the parties, such as a war, a strike, a riot, a crime, an epidemic, an epidemic, uh, crucially, or an event described by the legal firm Act of God. Now, I'm going to go to my bank and say, listen, this is my lawyer here, uh, uh, Nick Kunzer, and uh, I'm declaring force majeure. I can't pay you. What do you think about that for an idea? Problem is, problem is where does it end, hey, Lindsay? I mean, you have at this daisy chain of I'm not paying you, you're not paying the bank, bank's not paying whoever. And, you know, where does it end? Where does the, pardon the phrase, I think it's quite apt, you know, where does the buck stop? Mm. I don't know. You know, like we look at what's happening with the retailers. You know, we, by all intents and purposes, they're still selling their product. So they, but they don't want to pay their rent. So they turn around to landlord, landlord, so they don't pay their rent. Landlord turns around to the bank, says, I can't pay your bond. You know, where, where does it end? I just, I don't know. And in a world now, I think that's, that's the next sort of big worry for me 
as a money manager keeps me awake at night is how much debt the world has got right now. You know, where where do you try to put your money that you deem as safe? Uh, at the moment, appears to be the dollar. Um, but ultimately, if you see what the Americans are doing and the Fed's doing, etc., you, you got to think long term. The dollar's going to weaken. I mean, that's the big, the big question for me, Lindsay. Where do you park your cash right now mm. um, when the world's so washed with with debt? Well, if you've got cash to park, then I don't really care actually because I haven't. Uh, but I'm sure you'll find somewhere. <laughs> I'm really sure you will. <laughs> Where do I park my overdraft? It's not that easy. Yeah, that's, that's easy. I know exactly where I'm going to park that thing. What's um, what's happening elsewhere? Any of these shares that we um, that, that, that we've just mentioned, the big ones up and down. Any ones outside of that little uh, universe that we've just described? Any smaller ones? Any interesting stories this morning? <sighs> No, just telecom continuing. I mean, at what point does telecom stop? I mean, I see it's down another nine percent, eighteen rand thirty-five, back near the lows. Mm. Uh, Cup Industrials, you know, very much SA focused, one rand eighty-one, down nine and a half percent. I mean, it doesn't even make the leaderboard these days. Some of these moves, um, and then uh, also just the sort of the small cap SA space, which which is, is bore the. Runs, but it's bounced back recently. I see it back on the selling again. Yeah, as this rand blows out, as the, the uncertainty over when Mr. Ramaphosa and the administration is going to start opening up SA's economy again, uh, these guys are bearing the brunt of it. And I see also, we didn't, as I said, didn't make the, the leaderboard, but Woolies down 5%, uh, Truer's down 5%. Retailers really getting a smack today. Mm. I think it is a risk off day. And um, Quite frankly, I think it's going to be a risk of a couple of days. It's just just the, the general feel of this, of this tape at the moment. Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really unpleasant. It's starting to become a little bit boring now. Um, we didn't give you the West Texas intermediate uh, price when we were talking about all the other asset classes and uh, indicators. Uh, West Texas now is uh, up 93 and a third percent <laughs> to minus $2.51. Could you... Can you ever have imagined that I would be saying that to you? Oh, look, the crude oil has, price has rallied to minus $2.50. That's incredible. And the important one here is that Brent crude is down 10 and two-thirds percent. It's starting to catch up. It's down $2.72 to $22.85, was a week ago above $30 a barrel. This is starting to get very serious indeed. Yeah, so that's that's the big one, Lindsay. I mean, it's all I love all these. I think I tweeted last night. I've, I've never, I've always wanted to tweet out a negative oil price handle, but uh, the, the the real one is is Brent because we know that's not um, that's not constrained by by the borders and and the overflow and the refineries. But yes, to almost back it. I mean, twenty two dollars eighty two. It is. These are multi decade lows and. This is miles underwater for a lot of the major oil producers in the world or break-even points. I mean, even the Saudis are battling at, at, at this current level to get it out of the ground for, for, without having to pay for it. Russians must be also suffering. And quite frankly, I, I've yet, I don't think any of these oil majors are, are profitable at the current levels. This is a, this is a big concern, and, and that's the one to watch. Yeah. And uh, just, to, just, for, just to reiterate, that uh, second month, so the most active contract, which is, is in fact June on West Texas, mm. uh, that's currently at $20.20. So it, it's trying to hold the $20 level too. Very good. Uh, the S&P has rallied from being down 0.8% to only down 0.3% in the last couple of minutes, just before we close this. Any reason for that? Any news flashing across your screens? No, other than that, 10 o'clock, uh, some European markets came on stream, but other than that, I haven't seen any headlines to, to bounce this market. Give us the indices, if you would, just before we close this. 
Yeah, so unfortunately, a bit of a soggy, soggy Tuesday. We were down about uh, 0.3% called on the open, but we've accelerated almost 1.5% lower since then. 1.8% down on the JSE all share, 47,968. We could hold the 48,000 level and the top 40 down 758 points, 1.71%. Also holding briefly onto 44,038. 44, and quite frankly, besides one or two sort of lone gold shares, every index is in the red. Technology down 1.8%. Consumer cyclicals down 1.9%. Basic materials led by the miners down 2.25%. Financials also interest rate sensitive with this weaker RAND blowing out down 3.15%. So overall, it is a risk off Tuesday. Yes, it is. Hopefully it turns around. Nick Kunzu is from Sandham Private Wealth. That was the opening. Nick will be back with myself and David Shapiro from Sasfin for the five o'clock shadow. So please join us then. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.